This is season two, episode one, now with mics. Welcome to the new season, now with mics. The Wallowing in Doubt podcast with Walter and Jason. You've hit record on your side. Mm-hmm. All right, let's give a three clap. So I'm going to clap, clap three times. Oh, wait, we need to do that together. So we can secret one, two, three, clap. <laughs> I'll figure it out. And I, we'll just, we'll just go, we'll just go. I, I'll figure out how to sync this up later. It, I saw professionals do it once. I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> you YouTube it. It's a, you know, Didn't instructional videos. Yeah, instructional videos. We can learn everything on YouTube. Mm-hmm. See if I turn up my mm-hmm. gain just a bit. Oh. This mic is gain hungry. <laughs> I have my gain up at like um, 80, 90%. Wow. So anyway, let's get, get started. Percent. Yeah, let's get started. Uh, this is the Jason and Carl show. Uh, mm-hmm. Episode seven just mm-hmm. dropped. Um, so anyway, hey, welcome to the Optimist and the Know It All. Now, season two with microphones. Yeah, microphones. <laughs> microphones. So we'll see how this improves the About quality. <laughs> you know, we'll see how this improves the sound quality. We'll see this gets rid of external noises of people playing with things on their desk of people's chairs squeaking of people eating in front of the mic and drinking you know stuff that you know we haven't got any comments yet because you know hey you four people who download our episodes as as soon as they come out this is going out to you saying thank you (laughs) (laughs) for sure you 40 people you 40 people who downloaded the zelda episode Big thanks to you. Mm. You 180 people. Well, you 180 downloads so far. I know. What is this? Humble bragging? <laughs> I guess. 
But um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's where. Wow, those are the numbers, huh? Those are the numbers. I I, I got them. Um, so I don't know if you noticed. Cool. Did, did uh, episode seven show up in your podcast player of choice? Obviously, Overcast. <laughs> Checking now. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Walter's job, yeah, November twenty eighth. We talk there about it is. we talk about Avid. We talk about um, pedagogy. We talk about uh, quadratic equations and parabolas. Oh yeah, quadratics. And we talk That's about fun. Be- choices of betting. <clears throat> yeah, but. I guess that's the introduction. I'm Walther. Carl, that's Jason. Yeah. What's our roles again? He's in Texas. <laughs> uh, being in Texas and being in Washington. Those, yep. those are the roles. Those are the roles. Uh, <laughs> the, let's, let's go over the norms. Essentially. Uh, are you going to challenge me? Yes. Somewhere we need to have this. Definitely. Button. Challenge me. Show up. Did you show up today? Yeah. I think I'm we're here. skipping that's that's one and four. I'm skipping we're skipping two and three of the norms. Please ain't. <laughs> but what else do we do? I guess we just start on I guess we BS for a bit and then we get started. Do you have but, any coffee? Do I have coffee? I have coffee. Yes. I've been almost mm. done with it. That's there's the topic. I think I'm going to save this for a main topic. What's that? Oh, my white whale, or one of my <clears> white <throat> whales, a unicorn that I have desired for my entire life, has surfaced in my spear. Whoa! So I'm going to save that for the show topics because you know this is the Christmas season. I shouldn't be going dropping thousands of dollars on a white whale. But oh, do I want it? I don't know, man. You talking about the M one? No, no. That's that's a that's a really that's for my work. That's for my. I need that for my work. Dude, I totally want one. I'm really Mac Mini. Tempted. <laughs> you yeah. know, get the six hundred seven hundred dollar Mac Mini, and you'll be better than what you got now. I have a Mac Mini already. Yeah, I know. You know, and, and it's and you'll be blown away by the performance. Be so much. All what right. would I do with the old one? Plex? Huh. Media server? Yeah, I guess just a media server, huh? Synology? Of some kind? Yeah. It would be my official, my first official backup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I make it a media server, make it a, a Plex server, put your media on it. Um, Some follow-up, because our follow-up always runs a month behind, because I'm a slow editor. And I'm going to butcher the name, and you're going to correct me here in a bit. Samurai mm-hmm. Champoo Plu. Good. I got it. Dude, that's like, yeah, like 90%. It takes me looking at it. The names are Jin Mugen. 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 Those are the two guys. Mugen. Those are the, the, the rooster and the other guy. Yeah. Uh, somehow, in my yeah notes, the rooster. somehow in my notes, I have Rama one and a half, so I must have... Uh, misspoke about Rama one and a half, but I do Rama. know um I I misspoke uh, their two names. Got them totally confused. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, my my daughters have fallen in love with. Yeah, did you ever watch Rama One Half? I never did. Okay. Uh-uh. I mean, it's really dated anime now. I mean, it's so full of conventions. It's I don't know. It, the girls like it. A lot of kung fu fighting. It was fast as lightning. Very, very frightening. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Next piece of follow-up I have in the show notes. Jason, in the Zelda episode, you were very confused about the dream fish. Did you say dream fish? Yeah. A dream fish, yeah. Dream fish. Dream fish. Yep. Yep. And I understand and, and what the dream fish was and all that and, and uh, Link's Awakening. And I can understand your confusion mm-hmm. because it's obviously it's not a dream fish. It's a wind fish that's in the egg on the top of the volcano that you have to awaken. So uh, it, it, our bad. We, we got the name wrong. I can understand where your confusion is coming from. It's a wind fish, not a dream fish. Even though the whole. How does that work? How does what work? A wind fish. It lives in an egg on top of a mountain, and you have to awaken it to uh, awake from the dream. Is it made of wind? No, it's a whale in the sky. Is it a fish? I guess a whale's a mammal, so no, I I guess not. This is why I'm confused. Obviously, it's a wind fish. Is it it, fish-shaped? It's whale-shaped. Is that the idea? Well shaped. It's well shaped. It's a well shaped whale. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well shaped in the air, wind. Got it. Okay. I think we're good now. And I couple Just when ep- I was thinking about a couple episodes ago. Actually, our least pop, our least listened to episode, but I think one of our better ones. How facts lead to racism. We. Oui. Episode four. I had a personal commenter. Somebody contacted me personally, and they were upset with me because I never defined what a fact was. I just went on my normal Walther rant of facts can either be true or false. Facts are not true. Facts are just things that can be proven, right? And I can understand where the confusion comes from. That runs a slightly contrary to such sources as Webster and Oxford, but, you know, who are they to tell us what to do? Plus, Oxford, that <laughs> sounds very European. Just Come on, personal freedoms here. Um, but. We must have standards, Carl. Not in English. Right? You know what they tell us? <laughs> not in English. And of course, well, if, my, if my wife hears this, I'm going to get in big trouble because she does. Not in American, it. maybe. Eh, but in English, yeah. yes. Yeah, in English. There's an entire. There's a, there's but, a whole thing. I never defined what I defined. I never defined what I defined as a fact. And so for me, I think it's important to make the distinction between a fact and an opinion. And my definition of a fact is something that can be proven. My definition of opinion is something that can't be proven. So therefore, you can have in my cosmology lexicon... You can have false facts and you can have true facts. Things that can be put to a test and proven. Like the color of someone's hair. Mm-hmm. 
you know, answering questions of what if, what would happen if. Uh, but opinions are things like freedom, hatred, loyalty, family. Excuse me. These are important ideas, but you can never prove them to be true or right. Hmm. But you can, but you can use evidence to argue them. But anyway, that's a slight bit of my cosmol cosmetology. Cos that's the wrong well, word. Well, cosmology. It, but I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, this yeah, I'm looking this for a different word. word. Worldview. All right. Anyway, that's <coughs> the follow up I got. You got any follow up? Uh, no, man. It's been so long since the last time we talked. It. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was. No. It was the. 20th. I like that last thing. It was a month Last ago. Thing I remember was was uh, was Zelda. You know, like yeah. I, pretty, I only well, have. I the, mean, we talked about the job. But. Yep, I, I have the immediacy of that because I just got done editing us talk about the job. Yeah, and it's kind of funny your advice, where I am currently in the job, and the advice uh -huh. you were giving me three four weeks prior to where I am currently in the job, it lines up. Yeah. That's, um, well. That's good, I guess, in yeah. a way. Well, it's <clears throat> food for thought, let's say that. It has given me things to think about. Um, yeah. Lots of opportunity in that in that uh, job job that you have right now. Um mm. you know, I mean I've known you for years and it it really truly is yeah. an opportunity. Um yes. opportunities and stuff, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna. You're gonna. It's the, it's the kind. Go ahead. Oh no! You're gonna have to help me. Uh, envision these opportunities. Yeah, yeah. They're totally gonna be opt-in stuff. Gonna, it's not gonna be super obvious. You're gonna have to help sell me on the fact that I'm. I don't know. Doing a good job. I'm having a um, crisis of confidence. Moment of unclarity. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure that this is where I need to be. I'm not sure that I am effective. I'm not sure that I am I'm not sure I have changed anyone's lives ever. Hmm. Well, just and like is, the joke is, with isn't me. that the calling of a teacher, right? <clears throat> to take to take this student and put them on a better path than when they first encountered you, right? That's the calling of a teacher, right? Um, that's part of it, I think. Yeah, in general. I mean, yeah, at, I think at, that's part of it. At the end, you, you take a student, and you want them to leave, you, leave your tutorage better off than had they had not encountered you. Okay, so like better, better is a, you know, as it's a... Very judgment, subjective, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. holistic. Yeah, yeah. Totally Let's not say subjective. Very holistic. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I think I think you keep it subjective. Um, you know, a, a more objective approach might say, um, are, are, is the change measurable? You know, is the change? Are you recognizing the change? Right. Uh, how are you? How are you measuring the change? I think that's important. Um, you know, be, being in a in a teacher student relationship with anyone is a uh, there's going to be change as the outcome. Like that's the point, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Being cognizant, being aware and being reflective 
of where that change is happening and 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 what your influence is on that change. I think that's our our primary job. And then if we could get the student to also do that that same work of reflection and recognition of of what's happening in the process, then you can start to collaborate on what we call education. You know? But um a lot of the work is like just helping them see what's happening. You know? And when I say opportunity with Avid is for us professionally, I, I see that as, as the space of, of our opportunity, you know, like you totally have to be vulnerable. You totally got to jump in, um, for English teachers, Avid is a lot more sensical for math and science folks. It's, it's a different, um, it's a different animal, you know, it really is. Good old classic liberal arts education. <laughs> well, yeah, but seasoned with a ton of like well, that's, I mean, educational that's, I mean, and scientific research. That scientific research—that's all part of liberal arts education, right? It's it is. Yeah, and and, and we're just, talking when you about say lib arts. I'm seeing, I'm seeing like history books, philosophy yeah, books. But, it, but it's so much bigger that than that. It's it again. It's yeah. holistic. As opposed to like liberal arts education, as opposed to um, a mechanical degree, an an engineering degree, right? Is not mm-hmm. only do you have the sciences, but you also have the human humanities. Yeah, and that you are yeah you are well versed in both. You have a broad depth of the coursework. As opposed to a narrow focused. Yeah, you have the what and the why. As opposed to a trades, a, a liberal arts education as opposed to a trades school. Right? Yeah. Not only are you totally. learning how to make the archway, but you're learning the history of archways. You know, you, you not only do you know how to make a column, you do know the history of Dorian, Ionic, Corinthian? No, that's not quite right, right? Right, you have your, on that one. Yeah, it's it, the, the, the different types of columns. One are fluted. The top, the top is that has the thingies that go the roundy thingies. Right, it's. I think mm. those are the Dorians as opposed to the Ionic columns. They come later in the Greek Revival. You have you know classic architecture. You have colonialism. You have neo-colonialism. You have revivals. Yeah, all that stuff. Greek Revival, mm. moving up into arts and crafts. Now I'm going to, you know, moving up to arts and crafts, and then. Somewhere post you get to postmodern, but before postmodern you get to Art Deco, and all that you know. Yeah, totally. As yeah. an example, um, but yeah, that's 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 what I want to talk about today. That's the Walther's self doubt. Okay, this making making this focused on this, but all right. If we had sponsors, this would be a pace to take a break for them. <laughs> for sure. All right. But I and I also do have the the the, the white whale story. So mm. let's hit the heavy stuff first. Okay. Let's hit the heavy stuff. Um All right, my friend. Unless you got a topic. Stuffed out. <laughs> no, we're good. This is um Yeah. I definitely got things to say about that. Um Yeah, uh 
self self doubt. It's a dangerous thing. Is that? I don't know. I don't know if it's like if you have. Never mind. That was a dumb question. <clears throat> no, I think self doubt is uh, helpful at times. You know, yeah, keeps you keeps keeps you honest and all that. <clears throat> I have a challenge for us at some point. Is that at some okay. point we need to? I'm gonna skip this. We'll cut. We'll come back to this because I'm getting. We'll, we'll try to stay focused here, <laughs> as my yeah. ADH brain does not allow usually. Author self doubt. Hmm. Well, I mean, we could just go right off the top. What? What? What's what's? Uh, well, you know, my um, my journey this summer was to try to take a sabbatical to step away from education and see if, because I ain't getting younger, see if I could actually be something, create something. And at the end of the summer, the only people who ever gave me a phone call back, whoever gave me the time of day for an interview was an educational institution. Hmm. And the only people who said I'm good at, you know, who were impressed by my resume, impressed by what I had to say in my words, was education, right? Right. Which is totally different than I see myself. Right? Hmm. Are I have spent... Huh. I have spent now half of my life because I'm I'm an old man now I have spent half of my life becoming good at education and teaching right this is totally. where I have devoted all my professional growth yeah. and I've always envisioned myself devoting my professional growth in other directions really to, to become a, a world class programmer to become a great physicist, to become a great woodworker and designer and engineer, right? To create things in those spheres that, you know, look at my works, you look at my, look at my works, you, my, my works, you, what is, how does the Ozymandias go, you know? <laughs> so right. so I'm, I'm standing at the base of the statue looking at my works and it's all sand and dust for miles and miles upon what I thought I was going to be as a young man. And now I'm looking at myself in education. I'm looking at myself as a teacher and I'm like, I never wanted to be a teacher. I can't help but get good at it. But then I go, am I actually good at all? All these theories, all these thoughts, all these philosophies about education and how to educate the youth how to deny the gods and corrupt the youth, all these things that I have here, am I actually good at it? Am I actually effective? Or am I just a curmudgeonly old man who doesn't know how to educate, doesn't know how to connect to people? Or are my, does all my foibles and rough places get in the way of me being an effective mm. educator? Well, I... Yeah. Right. Am I okay. up to the challenge? 
And then if the answer is no, because that's kind of where I'm thinking, I'm like, no, I'm not up to the challenge. If that's actually true, I'm not up to the challenge. Then what am I good at? Up to the challenge. Huh? Right. You know, some people, some people think I'm good at it. Right. I don't necessarily okay. believe it right now. I don't know. That's, that's my self doubt is I don't actually believe that I'm good at, at being a teacher. Uh, how do you know? Well, how do I, how would I know if I was good? How do you know? Um, how do you know anything? Epistemology, right? One on one. You don't know anything. Well, you got two, no, you have two ways of knowing, mm, right? Okay. Right? Either, either through your own uh, first person, right? Uh, experience, experiential, yes. through your senses, blah, blah, blah. Or Which are through flawed. the belief in, Right, of course. <laughs> or through the belief of the experience of others and their first person perspective, right? Yes. So I, if this is this is the thing that's been helping me lately is I try to go back through <laughs> and figure out if you're gonna ask um, me to have to okay. talk to people, Jason, this is a little bit much of my introverted <laughs> self. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want <laughs> Damn no, it, let me wallow I mean, in my pity. <laughs> that 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 is that is helpful. It's true. But I try to think of like what's what what are the what are my goals here with um with being a a teacher because if you're judging yourself and your experience about teaching then you got to know what the goals were when you set out and if it changed recognize the change right and when and why what are the influences you know um I, we talked about at the beginning about, um, you know, what it is to, to teach. And I think that's an important piece to always keep going back to, you know, if, if there's one thing that, <laughs> that COVID-19 did to my life is it made me reflect on every part of it and I'm not alone and I know you're feeling it. No. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, yeah. I mean, you started the process early, right? Like you uh, had, seen this kind of coming before the pandemic really blew up yeah but i, I as mean far as it, we have always in our practice and we instituted i think this well before anybody else years ago incorporating everything into google classroom hmm. right and yeah. using that as a repository so at least when this hit at least for me i was already everything was in google classroom all assignments got turned into Google Classroom. Everything was handled through this source. The piece I have fought, and again, online education, is I have an idea of how it should work. I have an idea how I should reach out to online learners, right? Right. I have failed utterly at it, right? And I have failed utterly at it not because I don't know what to do is because I haven't devoted the time to it to hmm. make it good. And that's just On part of, and that's, and that's part of me being ADHD. That's part of me having a limited amount of work. There's so much I can get done within a day. Right. Right. And right. so it, it, you know, it is not, Though it should be a higher priority to me, it is not where I've put my energy because I've felt like there's other things that are legitimately important that I've put more energy into. 
Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and that's also, take a, that, that's, that's also a hell of that's a lot of, me, of effort. And that's also yeah. a failure of the system to like understand those things. Mm-hmm. Like if there was anybody who should be an expert on online education or should be good at it, I should say, should be me. And I feel like I've failed utterly at it. Well, I, but I also have not given it the energy necessary. So, kind of. I, I think there's a huge component of online education that you have been in, in the front of for a long time, since we met, pretty much. Um, you know, and that is, that is envisioning um, components of the classroom system and how they would exist online, right? How, Envisioning, how be, yeah. Mm-hmm. How they could be, yeah, like exp- yeah, experiences, uh, data collection, uh, data analysis, um, and I mean, I mean, really, just that the, the the submission process, right? Of a student, let me see your thinking, right? Let me see your thinking, and mm-hmm. here's how it looks online instead of face to face in a classroom. You know, you, you spend a lot of time thinking about that and and understanding ways to do that. Um, this new reality of online education takes more than that. It takes about three three other components, two or three other components. It, it is the one thing that I think we both would agree that is would improve the quality of education so much is more meaningful planning from teachers, right? Give give them the ability to mm-hmm. to better prepare lessons, right? To more thoughtfully think yes. out the entire lesson process, starting with assessment first and working your way backwards. And education is not designed in a way to allow that. You know, it the, the system a lot of times is not designed it's designed for efficiency like what is the greatest number of students that can be touched in a day right and not what is the best quality of that interaction with students right we as teachers are expensive units in the cogs and the machineries right we're the most expensive part of the school system right and so as a whole yeah as so if you can have a teacher teach more students within a day that increases the efficiency of this building right but it doesn't improve the quality of the education right right yeah and each teacher's individual in their approach and but also collaborative you know, right the the teacher needs hopefully the teacher, <laughs> the teacher needs both individual planning time and collaborative planning time built into their weekly schedule Right. Oh, one yeah. of this one of the successes of Sunnyside is PLC. Is that weekly No doubt. Weekly Absolutely collaboration. Thousand percent. Yeah. And that is so rare, right? Because that is yeah. meaningful PLC time. Where actual mm-hmm. work gets done. But that was hard to establish, right? It it took it took a huge gigantic rock thrown in the it, pond. It took a year or two and yeah. Take, look at any successful PLC currently working in Sunnyside 
And that was two years of rough going to get it going. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. so it's. Well, you know, I, I think. <sighs> Let me, big side. Yeah. This, is, this is my feeling. <sighs> you know, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, bro. Um, we revisited recently. We revisited our schedule, mm-hmm. right for online. Go on. And we're looking at what need what were the priorities, right? Um, we have Grizzly PLC, right? Yep. This is awesome. Yes. This is awesome. Uh, uh, structure in our school where um, representatives from each department get to come in with uh, representatives from the different parts of the admin team come in, all representing the high school. And we talk about um, school-wide systems and how to improve them, what the direction is from our admin, of course. And then uh, they they, sh- they hear the input, but they also collaborate with us in, in developing those systems. It's not just a report out. It's not it's not a meeting for the sake of a meeting. It is it is important work that, that, that is done. And it helps us have buy-in, right? It helps us totally have buy-in, just like you, we you want trust what the to other develop in our classrooms. Doing. You can look at the well, other teachers we in the school, yeah. and you're like, it's not like, oh, what are they doing over there? It's like, oh, what are they doing over there? Is this something I want to emulate? Or, yeah. It, and so when a, when a student says something, you kind of know, oh, that's what they're talking about. And you can kind of gauge how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have, so what I like about it is it's that, and I don't remember the theory, <laughs> but um, it's that idea of, you know, as, as you and your admin interact, you develop that same interaction with your uh, with your students, where you're as the admin and you know, and they're the they're the employee, I guess. But anyway, my point is, as we went through all that, <clears throat> we discovered a couple of those things you mentioned, which is informal leadership, the planning maybe? time. Well, just it's transparent leadership. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like transparency. I, I know what my yeah. Yeah, what my bosses are thinking, I I I'm able to to be heard, right? And my voice has an influence in the direction of where we go. I right? know it's it's not that I'm there to question what they're doing, but I'm there to interrogate, understand, or ask questions about the motivation behind the policy, so that I can have exactly to, to understand. I, I'm not there to change you know? the policy, but I am there to if I see. A, a problem coming up, we can address it before it gets rolled out, right? Instead of afterwards, and I and to understand yeah. the motivation, and then take that back to my department. You know, and and to be fair, one of my faults when I'm in the the PLC and that PLC is that uh, sometimes I will get, I'll see a need or I'll see a problem, I'll see an issue, and I'll I'll have such strong feelings and and not just personal feelings, but like. You know, I talk to my PLC, my science PLC, and then we, you know, I get those feelings uh, bolstered and strengthened, you know, so I see a need. So if I see a need, I, I try to make it really, really apparent. And I, I, it turns into me pushing more than, than what, mm-hmm. disrespecting the relationship a little bit, you know, like you got to show up and just say, hey, here's what's going on. And then you, and then you listen and watch for, Understanding on the other side, and trust that they're gonna con- they're gonna t- be taking that into consideration. 
and not telling them you need to take this into consideration. That is not the role. That's yeah. not the relationship goal. You know, and that's an important piece because it keeps you it keeps you humble and it keeps it a team. You know, it keeps it a round table, not a oval table. You know. Yes. And yeah, really important. So, but some things that came out of the schedule talk was yes, schedule that, talk. Number one, we needed, we definitely needed to have, um, we needed to have choice in the time that we meet up for our PLC work. But we also need to maintain our PLC um, time. But we also need to have time to meet throughout the week available so that we flexible so that we can show up and 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 do our collaborative work, right? And that it's and that it's built into this schedule and expected, right? Like not expected in the way like admin says you must also meet every day. No. But that admin's given in the in the schedule flexible time for your teams to meet up to maintain, you know, continuity, to maintain relationships, to maintain um, any of the things that we want to uh, provide so that students have um, consistency. Because with so much freedom and so so many um, traditional structures evaporated, right, through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. The consistency is, is going to be our our new structure. I might have in a different lifetime written a thesis of which the conclusion was that for effective online education to work, that the students do need a consistent time to meet with some advisory mentorship relationship with a teacher in which that teacher provides them support, encouragement, and generally the feeling of you can do this and what can we do to help, right? That the, I mean, with online education, the bulk of the instruction is not going to come from the teacher because the, te- the kid has a lot more time to, to, to pursue thoughts and ideas and study asynchronous, right? So that synchronous right. time needs to be very focused and very meaningful, but it also needs to, the student needs to know that there is a someone there that cares about their success is checking on on their progress and helping them on right and and yeah and it and that and that has to be a consistent time because if left to one's own devices to schedule the time you just don't schedule it yeah you know that was that was the second part of of uh, our schedule conversation was we had blocks of time we had hour so we had you know typical schedule four classes so i would have an hour each day i would have one hour each day uh to give to one class so throughout the week you know monday first period second period was tuesday and so on and so on and then on on every day I would have 25 minutes with all of my classes. Okay. We called those touch points. Now there were different systems for that and it mm-hmm. kind of worked. Um, but what we found universally across all departments was that if those 25 were more like 40, maybe 50 minutes where there were blocks that we can, that we could hold students 
not just accountable, but we can hold um hold their their time, right? To where we we can introduce something in a short segment, let them go and work on their own, and then come back, right? Come back to us all within that same amount of time, all within that period schedule, right? Then we would have much much more success. Like the days where I had an hour with with students and I was able to introduce something, let them work, come back. Was were powerful days. Like we got, that's where I felt like the teaching and learning was happening. But the days where I was like there, introduce something. Okay, um, you know, you got the day. I'll be available here, in my hours. Uh, please drop in. You know that kind of business. Thirty percent, thirty percent of the students would yeah, engage. It, it, you know, and and and, and as as a person, I would love to be as a per, sometimes. I have a hard time being imposing like that. Mm-hmm. I want I want the horse to drink the water. I want the horse to come to the water and drink it. <laughs> and you got to make it easy for the horse. Yeah, you do have to make it easy for the yeah. horse. And, and put the water and, at the bottom of the hill. And sometimes, uh, I, sometimes <laughs> I forget that I am the th- uh, well. I do sometimes I do know I'm the authority figure, and sometimes I forget. And it's like, hey, we're all having fun here. Let's just—is this work out for you guys, right? I want to be open, right. you know. And I'm like, no, I'm the teacher, and I need to impose some sort of 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 order, systematic stuff, right? But yeah. I'm also trying to avoid being hair teacher, being the authority, right? It's my way or the hard way, right? I'm already mm-hmm. a prickly personality to start with. You know, all right. I, I, yeah, I'm, more, okay. I'm more quicker to criticize than to praise, right? That, I, yeah, I, I find to- fault totally, and it, and, and it, <laughs> and for me that, for me that doesn't come from a place of negativity. That comes from a, a place of encouragement, right? Like, yeah, you're critically caring about what you see in front of you, <laughs> right? I mean, this, and then I, you yeah, speak to it. So, I, I you know, I, I see crap, and I'm yeah. like, this is, and I see crap, and I see this is not good enough. And you, and up until this point, you have gotten away with because one of the biggest faults I have with education, one of the biggest faults I have with our education system is so much is is predicated on completion of work rather than quality of work, mm-hmm. and that tasks. Is a, that is a pet peeve. Like, I got this done, mister. I got it done. I'm like, yeah, you got crap done. Here's your 70. Good, goodbye, right? All right, here's your 70. This is how you can fix it. If you want a better grade, come back and do it, right? And for a lot of students, and the, the mentality of school has become, I got the work done, not that I care about the quality of my work. And I have the fundamental belief that the lather is going to serve you better than the former. That mm-hmm. getting work done in the modern job place is it ain't going to cut it, right? People care about what you have done well, right? People people will be judging the quality of your work, right? People are not going right. to see, oh, oh, congratulations, you wrote a paper. They're going to read your paper, going to say it's crap and not give you the time of day. And even in this little me telling the story, you can see how negative I sound, Right? You can see how hostile I sound. Well, and I mean, you're only you're only looking at it from one side, though. Yeah, no, you're only looking from one side. Like if if I asked you to look on the other side of things, use you know positive words, um, you would 
the structure would be the same, you know? There would just be less of it, right? And from the teacher's perspective, it is takes a hell of a long time to give meaningful, constructive feedback. Oh, gosh. Yes. It, it, it is... It, you know, one of the reasons I like grading stuff so much is because it gives me an insight into the student's thing, right? And if all I'm doing is giving multiple choice exams, there is no insight to be gained there other than the student's right or wrong, right? But to see well, what... The, I mean... Their ability you, to take multiple right. choice exams, there's that. Multiple choice exams. And their, there's ways... Their and acquisition ways. of English. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's that. But you can also yeah. construct... Multi, again, that's unfair multiple choice exams. Writing assessments totally. is hard. You can write a multiple choice exam in which you put questions on there it, that you are trying to see if they are going for the common misconceptions, right? And then in the mm -hmm. aggregate, you can see after you've instructed the students, why did 40% of them, like you got 60% got the right answer, but 40% of them went for B. And you deliberately put B down on the test because if your understanding of this concept is this, you would go for B. If your understanding of the concept is correct, you would go for A. So that now that I see that a, a good minority, a sizable minority of my students, or a sizable majority of half of them got, if the majority got it wrong, went for the wrong answer, that tells you something, right? But the amount of forethought and thinking to put these wrong answers down, right? Um. I don't believe exams and assessments should be friendly. Meaning. Yeah, what, what do you mean? If you're, if none of the questions, friendly. well, none of the questions should be obvious what the right answer is, right? It, mm. it, it, well, it should be obvious if you know, right? But the assessment is there to show what you know and for the teacher to figure out what the student knows and what their misconceptions are, right? The the easy Sometimes, stuff should, the easy stuff should come in the practice, right? The leading up to the exam, leading up to the assessment. That's where like the obvious answers are like how many buckets of water did Jill carry up the hill? And one of the answer choices is cat, right? That that answer right. that answer should be on a practice, but that answer should not have any place on the exam. Now, that being said, you should design the scoring systems on your exams that makes it incredibly hard for a student to fail. Right? Yeah. Like, like there should, like, if the student shows basic knowledge, they should make a 60 or 70 with no problem. Right? Uh, yep. They have bare understanding of the topics. So the question should be hard, but that sh but the grading should not, right? And, and again, those two should be separated. But I want to test, assessment should test the student's knowledge, not the student's test-taking ability. Well, and I think, I think what online, what online teaching and learning has, has sussed out for us is that a, our way of looking at assessments has need to needs to change. Like, yes, we, we, we both were 
on the same page when it comes to that statement you you made now about assessment. The purpose of an assessment is to show knowledge. It's that is part of it for me. That that's dropped to like forty percent of the goal of the assessment. That the bigger part that I need to be checking in on with every assessment is uh, their thinking, right? And like yeah. how to how to make that transparent on an, an assessment. Insight to their thinking at that moment, absolutely. Thinking, the way that they are coming up with knowledge, right? Um, they all gonna walk away knowing something <laughs> from my class, something about me, something about themselves, something about the subject, right? How did they construct that? That's where my work is being focused. Um, the fact that they know the three plate boundaries that are most common on, in plate tectonics, um, that that's okay. Like that, that's an okay thing for them to walk away with, but that's not what I want to assess. You know, I'm assessing like, why do we call them boundaries? <laughs> you know, what, 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 why that? <laughs> what, you know, why do these, three boundaries arise what are the mechanisms behind it or better yet the model yeah, for right sure. it's the un i don't care that you mm -hmm. know the names of these three boundaries you can identify them yeah like yeah so I, modeling I just got, is assessment yeah i just got done doing some vocabulary academic vocabulary cost of word excuse me cost of word vocabulary quizzes with my avid students right gotcha and their number one complaint was mr are you going to use the definitions you taught us with on the quiz? And I'm like, no, why would I? But how are we supposed to memorize them? Exactly. I don't want you to memorize the definitions. I want you to be able to use these words. Yeah. Um, so the, so then the, the question I had, like, so I gave them a reassessment. And the questions that I gave them that they universally did poorly at. Like they did okay with use this word in a sentence. Okay. You know, again, you know me and my colored spreadsheets and my 74% of oh, you yeah. got this question right, 38% of you got this question right. So, you know, that, that feedback, right? Mm. The questions they did not get well, my new invention of the questions, because I'm always reinventing how I ask questions, was I used the word in a sentence. And it was a two-part question. It's like, if the word is used correctly, say so. If the word is used incorrectly, fix the sentence using the same word so that the word is now correct. So you gave him a sample. So I, I wrote a sentence. I used one of my vocabulary okay. words in that sentence. And I either used the word incorrectly or correctly. So they first had to identify was the word used correctly. And the second thing they had to identify was um, if it was used incorrectly, then they would need to fix the sentence. And if they totally rewrote the sentence, they got two points off out of 15. <laughs> but if they fixed the kept the original meaning of the sentence correct, then they got full points. All right. Let's just wrap this well, up. And, and I mean, okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot here. I, I know, but... We keep talking about maybe bringing in Tyler to talk about assessments. Yes, yep. Definitely. I mean, um, I, I read what he writes on Twitter every day. That's good. He, he has opinions. And he's making oh, me totally. think. Yep. You guys would have a good discussion, I think. Um, I I think 
I love how, <laughs> like, let's put it this way. When you went through and, and did the, um, the color-coded Excel sheet mm-hmm. that nitpicked down to every detail about a 38 comprehensive quiz at the end of a semester or end of a trimester, you know, a final cumulative exam. And we were able to look and it was all sectioned out and subsectioned out. And you could see, exactly because we had what, talked about the questions, Yeah, you could see exactly what kinds of misconceptions were coming out of it. And it, it, it made me think about um, assessment in a deeper way. Uh, it made me think about, you know, my teaching in a deeper way, but, but there's a component there that now we're missing because we, we haven't been trained. No one's been trained to do this online thing. Not really. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things where we would use that information and be constructive with it in the classroom, we've been take those things, those tools have been taken away from us. So our assessments need to do more than just drill down into the details that we're used to. Our assessments need to bring out in, in some ways a, a lighter touch and, and they need to bring out um, SEL um, needs. SEL? You know, needs for SEL, mm-hmm. social and emotional learning. Okay. Right? Like our assessments need to bring out some of that and, and it needs to inform the context of our assessments. Right? Like, because because it's such a powerful influence. It's such a powerful influence in how a student performs um, as far as their emotional state, where they're at, that what they're dealing with. You know, when they see your assessment coming a week in advance and how they're preparing for it or not preparing for it. Maybe how they're just worrying about it, you know. And it can dramatically influence uh, the outcome because they don't have those structures to support them anymore, you know. Your traditional student might have shown up every day and and asked their questions, you know, and now but showing always, up but is... But again, you have to avoid that situation where it's always, you think your class is doing okay because it's always the same students asking questions and you're missing yeah. the opinion of the other 80% of the students, right? If you, if, you're, if you have a class of 10 and you're only interacting with three... Right. So if you have a class of 10, you're only interacting with three and you think that is reflective of the whole class, your perception's not... Again, it goes back, as we said much earlier, your perception is not worth anything, right? Your perception is clouded by your own biases, right? And sometimes you have to look at data to know where you have a feeling where things might be going wrong, but you have to look that up. And that was the power of the color-coded spreadsheets of like, oh... We sucked at this word. We sucked at this concept. And then go back and reteach it, right? Show the honesty of like, this didn't go well, but um, mm. this didn't go well, but we're, I'm willing now to spend time to reteach you this. I, you know, I value your education enough that I am going to take time out of the, you know, the curriculum to go back and re- If I'm going back to make this important, that means this must be important, right? Yeah. And so I'll leave it on this thought. And if you want to follow up, that's fine. I am doubting myself because, you know, I'm lacking 
a way to evaluate my overall effectiveness as a teacher. And my perception of that is, is that I do a poor job at it. That words and thoughts and ideas come out of my mouth. And teenagers and students discard them. They, they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not in touch with me. You're not providing me what I need. You haven't helped me. You've just caused me a source of stress and anxiety and suffering in my life. You have not inspired me. You have not made me a better student. And again, your perception is crap. But that's... As we go into these dark winter months and, you know, as darkness comes over the land... As we are right. stuck in this, as, you know, as the number of COVID cases, cre- you know, as there's all this doom and gloom, as global warming is sitting there in the background waiting, just smiling, going, hey, have you, have you forgotten about me? Right. There's all these things. Right. What is the as the economic economic situations that we find ourselves in? Maybe that's weighing on me. Right. Maybe this is the early stages of depression. But um, I don't think I'm being effective. And I saw this. I've seen this for a while. This is not the first time I felt this way. And I tried to get out, right? It's kind of like Godfather. I tried to get out of education. I'm like, I don't think I'm being effective. Let me go be someplace else where I'm not teaching, corrupting youth. And I didn't find a way out. And I got dragged back in. And so, you know, it's, if other people see good things in you that you don't see in yourself, you're probably at wrong, but it still doesn't fix the fact that you're not seeing skills and knowledge there. Yeah, well, depends where you're looking, buddy. Uh, it's, you know, our, and, that, and, that, and that's, that's what, what I wanted to follow up with you is like, you talked about, have you helped and have you inspired your students? Uh, th- these are the measurements you've stated. Yeah, right, yeah. That that you're looking for. So, have you helped? Is is something that they have to tell you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know the school's goals, so you know, like you can help them in the the school way, right? Like move them towards their diploma, right? But beyond that, um, it takes a careful evaluation of each student to understand whether or not they're getting helped. Right. And I don't know if I have the energy for that. Well, I don't know if I have the emotional energy for that. Well, then maybe that that goal should change then. Yeah. You know, because it's not just going to (laughs) happen. No, no, absolutely not. It's like there's a thing that there's a thing I could do. I could I could put emotional and physical energy into this to answer these questions. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm like I don't know, right? I don't want. Well, I don't want to coach. It's okay. It's okay to change that, that as a goal. Like being helpful doesn't have to be the goal. You know, like it could be something else. To be inspiring, you know, that's always fun. To inspire a student, that is a very fun thing. 
Yeah, but that's still. And in your own life, you know, that, that, that's been a big part of the crux of your uh, educational journey and mine, you know, is being inspired, right? Maybe. You definitely. Yeah, definitely. You definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the things you talked about being a, an engineer, you know, being a programmer, world-class programmer, being a, a physicist, not a physics teacher, <laughs> a physicist, an active researcher. Damn it, Jason. I just right? want some respect. I want some credit. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you know, know, all those things are aspir- aspirational, and but also like come from an inspiring, you know, seed, the seed of inspiration, you know? So wanting to do that in your students, wanting to plant that seed in them is a, is a lofty goal, a very worthy goal, but the kind of goal like when the chemistry, when all the components are set up, you can see it when it happens and you've seen it in the past. But reproducing it, it's dependent upon factors that that are difficult to repeat, man. You know, it takes the work, it takes the thinking, it takes the connecting. Yeah. It takes connecting is the might, biggest piece that we're missing. And there might be a slight narcissistic element to it of, you know, if you're at a cocktail party and you say, oh, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. that doesn't gravitate more people to you. Like people don't gravitate to you go, oh, tell me more about that, right? Everybody thinks they know wow. how to teach. Everybody thinks they yeah. know how to teach. If you say you're a teacher at some cocktail party, people are going to give you your opinion of how mm-hmm. to be a good teacher, right? And when I listen yeah. to these, and or when I talk to other teachers, they tell me about this. Their language is always so focused on like the students need to, the students need to, the parents need to. The st- I'm like, you're talking about things you have no control over. And so you're just now making excuses for why you suck at your job, right? Right. When the when the start yeah. when the, when a sentence starts with the stu- if students just if teachers just if parents just right if the admin just right. or when an admin said well if these teachers just you already have shown to me that you don't know how to teach you already shown to me that you don't that it's it's about it's like task management y- yeah it, that's so, that's what they described every time every time there's a simple objective to accomplish it's a task and and tasks are helpful in the pavlovian way right yeah. like they're helpful to to teach a, a certain behavior but we're trying to get the thinking that that is education is is yeah. thinking like teaching others a different way of thinking and and testing that flexibility right you know so very again very rarely have i've sat in with a group of people talking about education right and they've right they've been interested in listening what it takes to actually teach. You know, the, the more they have opinions in a way that, in a way that other professions don't. I don't know. I don't know. I do want to move on because I want to think about this for a bit. Otherwise, I'm, sure, just gonna, I'm just going to wallow deeper. I get, uh, well, then goals, I think. Yes. I, I wrote down, how, how do you know? And I wrote down goals. Have you helped? Have you inspired? You know, be clear with yourself about what your goals are in, in, in your teaching. My goals have shifted, you know, so much. Um, a big part of my goal 
now is is to provide consistency <laughs> consistency and and a place to connect with my students um the other like academic i mean there's some academic goals in there that i always get to like you know modeling and you know diagrams what those are and like there's some things but the main two is is a place to am i providing Every day, opportunity and a place and a space to connect. Am I am I being the first one to to go out there and and offer a connection with them about me, so they know me, right? And then mm-hmm. the second thing is, you know, being consistent with that. Those two things, like it, it seems lame, <laughs> but it has to start with those two things right now, because I can't I can't envision a classroom setting that doesn't have those two things first and explicitly so not just because they show up for class not just because this is school but because i'm i've actively thought about it collaborated with my team about it talked to other educators the professionals and friends about about these topics then came back into my own head then put it together and tried it out in class multiple times, multiple times, you know. The consistency in a place to connect. But that took a long process. Yeah. Be- we had the benefit. You jumped in, man. I mean, God bless you. It was brave as hell. You jumped in <laughs> like midway through, right? And we've been swimming in this whirlpool f- yeah. for months, for months. And you jumped in like when we're here at the bottom. And uh, so don't over, don't, don't be overly critical, you know, of yourself. Like getting in is a win. You already did more than most well, just well, by, know, just by is, signing up. This is up, why Carl. one of us is someone, <laughs> someone left that job, mm-hmm. right? And then you came uh, in to save like their ass. I replaced someone because they thought I would <clears throat> yeah. do it better. And again, this is also part hey. of my problem is like you're talking about this other guy not me right right somebody I, I was i was picked because they thought i would do a better job in this position than what they currently had right okay okay i was brought in yeah. to fix a problem right somebody saw faith uh-huh. and value yeah. in me right and me yep. as a fundamental person am having a hard time accepting that oh Right, valuing I, your worth. Yeah, this, I mean, this is what this is about. <laughs> is is like these people, like like uh, uh, like. Why is it only educators who I don't have the highest okay. opinion of who value me? <laughs> All right, <clears throat> so you, Carl, you are valuable. <laughs> you, you you are worthy of of of. Uh, <laughs> and gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> P- yeah, people like you. Why they like you is is a different topic for a different show. <laughs> no, Carl, you, you you are a professional. You always have been. Um, okay, not always. That's there's no absolutes with Carl Walker. Um, Why people like me? <laughs> but no, seriously, you are a you are a. It's you're it's a getting unique. People, it's getting people past that point of. Oh yeah, y- your heart's in the right place, right? <sighs> which is 
that's I mean that's part of the self doubt is like okay yeah anyway, anyway I I I'm gonna have to reflect Some, I, so, I had I had yeah. this conversation the, the, with somebody else who's getting out of education last night mm-hmm. um for other reasons right mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm not effective they were talking about how they just are tired of getting hurt by caring so much for students and getting hurt by the system. Mm-hmm. But. Well, that's probably time for them to go then. Yeah. I mean, you know, but anyway, and, and then <clears throat> change but, is hard. Look, you're being too hard on yourself. Okay. That's, I, that's like clear. I don't know that. That's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but you got to give yourself a little bit of break here. Um, they're better off with you than without you. Um, a big part of that is because you care. You care enough to to have anxiety about it. <laughs> you care enough to worry about it. You sure as hell care enough to think about it. Yeah. And they're not, they don't have people like that. You know? Um, you, you took on a bigger job than most people would. And I said that they needed you because the job wasn't being done on on a some fundamental level you know like that that position was empty on some level mm-hmm. you know and you filled it so so like make your goals match the reality a little bit more bud like you know you're here if you if you develop a program by the end of the year like you develop something that you think can be repeated that is a gigantic win that's like 70% of the job right now is develop something that we could do next year even better. Yeah. Part of me just want to say, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> but the hell I can't. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's sort of my gig. I'm pretty sure that's in the bylaws. So I, I think so. You, 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 no, you can Did challenge, I challenge you, me. Carl. You can challenge me, but you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> Damn it. I want to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gonna start I'm not supposed here. to tread on you, right? Is that uh, it? That's, that's, I'm not supposed to tread on you? No, that's okay. That's all right. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, all with love. All with love. All this. So the you place. Know, like, all right, go on because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a nice happy note. Yeah. Okay. We're nah, gonna just, end on a happy that. note. So, you know how I like playing with function generators and speakers to make weird noises in class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, square waves, man. Square, square waves. waves. And you may or may not have known that my entire life, one of the things that I have coveted my entire life is a Moog or a Moog, M-O-O-G. Oh, yeah, right, right. We talked about this. The place that time. I bought this microphone for, the vintage equipment store, on their Instagram page last night, teased that they're going to have an upcoming Moog prodigy for sale. It has been my life stream. Always to wow. own a Moog. And now there in my hometown vintage records, vintage equipment store, there is one I know of. Can you guess how much these things run? Hmm. Oh, there's links in show notes. I would, but it wouldn't help. There's links in show notes. Yeah. They Let's run about fifteen hundred dollars. Whoa! It's well, it's a Moog, right? Like a a a Moog Moog. And by the way, Moog Moog, you think GIF GIF is gets people pissed off? 
<laughs> it's GIF. So I'm no, it's not GIF. sure what you mean by that. It's GIF. It's totally GIF. It's GIF. No, there's it's been only GIF forever. No, it's GIF. Oh my gosh. Okay, Jason, you know the correct way to do this, right? There's only one correct pronunciation. Go on. You wait for the other person to say it and you say it the other way. That is the only correct oh, yeah, way right. to do it. Because guess what? It okay. doesn't matter. Syracuse aside, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was going to say, it totally matters. Words no, mean it doesn't. things, Carl. Your words mean things, but pronunciations words don't. Words mean things. Yes, but pronunciations don't. Right, that's fair. That's <laughs> words fair. means things, pronunciations don't, right? I, I was pissing my students off the other day. Or, or. Or? Or, or. Or, or, or. Or, or. Or, or. They are R the or? same thing. R and or? R and or are the same thing. There's R, R, and or. There's an or. O-R. There's an there's or. An, there's an or. An O-R. Which is a paddle. And then there's R, which is a state of being. R, yeah. R, R can also, O-R can be pronounced as R or or. Or, or our. There's our. Yeah, that's a... Oh, you are. It just depends which dialect you're speaking, right? People who actually think there's a difference between pin and pin. A pin and a pen? Yeah, sometimes you can make it different, but sometimes you can make it the same. They're two different words. What are you talking about? Yes, but they can be pronounced the same way depending on which dialect you're speaking in. Well, one is, I mean, you could say it correctly or incorrectly. No, they, in they your can. dialect, you 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 think in that, your dialect, right? So there are places mm -hmm. where pin and pin are pronounced the same, and there are places where they are pronounced they, they, differently. They, there are they places sound the same in pronunciation, but they but they are pronounced either correctly or incorrectly in there, their dialect. There, there are places in America where pin and pin sound the same, and there are places where they sound differently. True, but some of those people are saying it wrong. No, you can't pronounce. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Uh, no, it's like no. pecan and pecan. Well, I right? mean, that's pecan, a shooting pecan. offense, but that's a different story. That's yeah, true enough. All right, but, tell and, me about your moog. I just that it's available. Like this is this is you know this is the fully. You know, this is that this is me putting two function generators boxes Jay chained together and messing with the dials. With a keyboard, this is oh my gosh. the epitome of this is the ultimate not pindop synthesizer. It is a analog synthesizer. I mean, I already own a Hammond organ. Yeah, so, you do. You know, again, I, that analog synthesizer is. Does this is this is like? <laughs> it's a coveted item. It's a coveted yeah. item. It's definitely your nerd cred for sure. Yeah. I can make all sorts of annoy annoying music with it. I can oh sound like a rush. Yeah. I can, <laughs> I, I'm just one step away from prog rock. <laughs> prog rock. Yeah, he's going back going backwards to go forwards, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. That's cool, man. I'm glad. I'm happy for yeah. you. It's, it's, I, you know, the, the likelihood I'm going to be able to get it. I don't have, I don't have 1500 $1, laying around. I don't have that just like, well, like 
I can max out a credit card. You know, and again, so there, there's a thought is like, this is a life dream. This has always been a life dream. Like I've, I've teased, I want the big ones, like the big ones, the whole boards, you know, Mannheim steamrollers, all the synthesizers from the seventies, those run about 80 to $60,000, right? Jeez. That's a lot. Like, like basically, do you like listening to music from the seventies? It was written. It was made on a Moog. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do. I do like 70s music, for sure. It, it, then you're listening to a Moog at some point, right? So, yep. Anyway. Cool, man. Would I have a clue how to use this? Would I? Is this anything I would you know, professionally be using? No. Oh. oh just a, a possession. It, it, yeah, it would, it would be a fetish. Yeah. An item of, to covet. Oh, I... I was watching, uh, there was a YouTuber I follow and he owns a bunch of vintage equipment like this and he had a, a, a delay machine to do reverb mm. and the way it did, it was a mechanical reverb machine. The way it did reverb is there was a tape inside of it, mm. like 20 feet of tape and it just spoil, spoil, you know, you would take the cover off and just coiled up in there and so it would run through the head and then come around. And so in that time to come around, that's where the delay is. Nice. And this- nice. So. That's pretty cool. You know, when, me- when memory- interesting things. Yeah, because it was built in the 70s when memory was expensive. So, you you know, instead of doing some sort of delay system, your delay was basically miles and miles of wire. You know, there was a mm. physical, anal- you know, it wasn't digital. It was still analog. All right. Well, I got that off my chest. Yeah. Moves are cool. Different. Definitely different. But uh, you got to have things like that, I think. What's new in your life? Oh, geez. Um, A few things. A few things are new, I guess. We're kind of looking to trade in our car. We are looking to trade in our car. We want the same car. <laughs> we just want it newer. You know, maybe With go CarPlay. plug in hybrid. You got CarPlay? Yeah, we have CarPlay, which is awesome. I, it's really I, good. At some point, I want a new car. I want CarPlay. Yeah, CarPlay is cool, man. Um, but I'm, I'm we, suffering from the Casey List problem. Yeah? There which one? To be this, there has <laughs> to be this gear shit. I got to have three pedals. Oh, gosh. I have to have three that pedals. That is a problem. No, because you need to go electric. And what the heck is a geared electric motor? Doesn't happen. Uh, it's possible if you want to shift the torque curve, but like more yeah, than two gears on an electric motor is some sort of insanity. Yeah. No, oh. you just need a dial. <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of which Europe versus America, the European Union has is going to phase out all combustion engines by 2030. Nice. Yeah. It's aggressive, like, but nice. It's aggressive, but it's where we need to be. Yeah, I think so. 2030 is fast. Whew. Yeah, yeah. It's. They could do it, though. Dude, they, I mean, the, the, I mean, the firearm. Electric cars are there. Ele- electric cars are there. 
It's the technology I mean, there. Yeah. Like if they could do other things that are tougher, they could totally do vehicles. Yeah. I mean, everybody drives small econo cars anyway. Um, Dude, all, then, all they the might ma- actually get those, uh, those roads, you know, those roads with that, the that electric convoy. Yeah. Yeah. That could be awesome. I think that's less so. I think that's. I mean, later. Infrastru- this would yeah. be the first step. It's kind of backwards, but. Well, they, I I don't think they would yeah. need to because they would just put that money. I think that money would be better invested into their rail system, which is already extensive. Yeah, it is. You know, it's true. You, why you're trying to push people in that direction anyway? Mm-hmm. Public trans. No, and we're gonna look ex- for a plug-in, plug-in hybrid. All right. You got the Leaf, which don't get. No. The Chevy one is pretty good. Yeah. Um, the the Golf, maybe. We've actually been looking at Mitsubishi. Which one, is, which one a, do they make? They make one called the, the Outlander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Google it. It's a, it's a smaller-sized third-row SUV. So it drives and handles more like a ve- like a I was gonna say vehicle, <laughs> more like a car, less like a bus. Um, so it's uh, you know, my family, we are not uh, tall people, <laughs> so you know we can fit comfortably in a, in a vehicle that size, still maintain the drivability, but with a plug-in, I mean, two hundred miles psh, in Is the valley. All- all electric or a hybrid? Oh, it's hybrid. So you'll have uh, you'll, you'll have okay. the combat the two cycle. It's there on yeah. the side, but yeah, you, not the two cycle. But you'll have a, a straight engine, a straight block engine um, for extension, right? Gasoline combustion engine. But I think it's something like two hundred. It's been a while since I looked. About two hundred miles of electric power. So PHEV, PHEV Outlander. That's how they signify it. And should be good. I mean, I just got to find the right one. You know, it has to be the right color, right interior, all that business. But yep. I've been looking at vintage trucks for a little bit, just thinking about it. Yeah, being able to haul plywood and stuff. Yeah, dude. If I was in Texas, that I don't need another. I don't need another project, but having a project car would be something. Well, that's why you just need a truck. Takes care of that. Oh, seriously, trucks will break down over time, and you can always do things to them. You can make it do different things to the bed, suspension. There's lots of little projects you could do on your truck. You're in Texas, I would Carl. Love to electrify a truck. You need to have a truck. I'd love to electrify a truck. That'd be amazing. Just you'd really need to, because I'm assuming you would tow. You know. Uh, I would more like just haul the stuff mm. in the bed. All right. I'm gonna keep this episode on a short, manageable. Sense, makes sense. 
get it out get it out sooner. All right. But this has been the Wallowing in Doubt podcast Stop it. with Walter Stop and Jason. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it's about goals. This has been the optimist and the optimist and the know it all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Set your goals and to stun. <laughs> God. Okay. See, see, here's the problem. You're saying set goals. Yeah. Adjust. I mean adjust is what I mean. That that just leads to disappointment. Yeah. But you gotta have you gotta right. have a, a target. Because I do because you're you're, set, you're telling me to set my desire for something that I will fail at. If I don't have goals, Jason, then I have never had failure. When you cook a meal, you're setting a goal. Yeah? Yeah, one of those goals is that hopefully it's delicious. It's not always delicious. And you still live and happy and you're fine, right? No, no, no. I go curl up in the corner and cry. Kiss my ass. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. You know what I mean. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I love you, Carl. Okay? I do. And I want you to do well. I want you to feel well. You're doing an amazing job just by uh, stepping up into the, to the plate and giving a damn. Just by doing that, you've already done a lot more than most. Okay? The fact that we yeah. had this conversation is evidence of, of a, greater, a greater thing happening here. And you're going to yeah, stick with it. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. Yeah. So... I, did I tell you why I pissed off my seniors the other day? What what unconscionable Wait. sins I committed in their why or eyes? How? Why you did it? Yes, is <laughs> different than how you did it. I was frustrated with them, so I did two unconscionable sins. Oh boy! I gave them the quiz that I've been saying we were going to have all week on Friday. Pretty normal. And I gave them a seating chart. A seating chart. I was pissed off with their behavior. And so after they got done with the quiz and the seating chart, they went in mass down to the counseling office to complain about me. We did talk about because, that. Because, yeah. well, and, and it was kind of funny because I had already previously, earlier that week, had told the principal everything that was going on and my frustrations and dealing with it. So the principal is sitting there listening to them complain about everything I had already just told mm-hmm. them about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Ah. <sighs> That's the right move. All right. The right move. Yep. You 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 pushed them to react. They reacted. Yep. I mean, at least they did what you thought they'd do. No, but you I didn't was think they would. Better. You knew they would. You knew they would. Come on. Yeah. yeah. You knew they would. But I, I'm se- I'm setting some expectations and ground rules. Okay. Well, I'm saying like you know. Yeah. I, if I was you, I wouldn't wrap that rope around your neck as you stand on that chair. I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe don't use suicide analogies. That's probably a bad thing during the pandemic. Accidental. No, there's yeah, no accidental. accidents. Uh, there's no accidents. <laughs> we are carefully well, it depends on calculating. If you, if you want to cover things up, professionals. there Professionals. <laughs> if you want to cover things up, there are accidents. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I don't know what happened to Johnny. He did, did I ever tell you the time the kid in the middle of class plugged something into the back of a a wall socket? No. Like 
in the middle class. He just shoved something into a wall socket and it went poof. Oh no. It poofed. And so the kids stand, it poofed and the kids standing there like with this look on his face of like what just happened. And he was the dumbass who was being badly influenced by the students around him. (laughs) And the students around him basically suddenly went like moved away quickly. And he was standing there holding the bag. And I knew it was the other guys that encouraged, Hey, why don't you stick this in the wall so I can see what happens. And he did it, and it went poof. And he was looking like shock on his face, and everybody else's. Uh, anyway, this has been the Know It All and the Optimist. Welcome to the new season. Now with mics. Yeah, hopefully we sound better. This is <laughs> season two, episode one. Now with mics. I appreciate. Please, 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 make sure that you uh, give us a review on iTunes so that this podcast can be discovered. Share with your friends, right? Like and subscribe. All the things. If you want to give us any feedback, um, social media accounts might be coming, but definitely sunshineandknowledge at gmail.com is the email address you can reach us at. There are show notes. All right. I'm going to stop the recording. All right, man. Talk to you next time.
All right, Heather, you want to say hello? Hello. Hello. I have short hair. Oh, I have, know. Have, it have, looks you her, great. You see her new haircut? Yeah, I think it looks wonderful. She oh, my goodness. It. Yes, she does. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, Heather, what do you need? That's the best. I do not know. Um, kids, when they're enjoying hey, stuff. Think like a it's kitten. Awesome. Think like a kitten. And think where a cat might have batted it away and hidden it. So get that. Yeah. So get down and think like a kitten. That's where a cat. Yeah, I think so. Um, we painted the door last night, and she painted a little thing. Nice. Now she's and it and it's no longer on the table where she left it last night to dry. So mm. the suspicion is a kitten has come around and batted it away. If, We're to keep if this. If you un- need any. Yeah, we need we need to at some point, maybe Thursday or Friday, have another powwow. Sure. I like powwows. I, I still need Definitely. to think of what my final assessment's gonna be. Mm. For Avid. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. I kind of do have to do something. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna have yeah, them finalize finalize the project. I, I yeah, I'm not gonna have them draw me a picture of a Christmas tree as a final because that's I'm not that person. <laughs> That's a little silly. <laughs> I, I've never been that person. Like again, like people like, oh, can we? Hey, have them develop community service. Yeah, the, have them develop a community service project and and how it can impact. Yeah, we're and evaluate the impact on yeah, community. We're and, nowhere close to that. In that would be great. We're nowhere close to that in structure. Right there are there are damn. things that I would find as a meaningful final assessment that they're not there yet Ready right for. they're not been trained yeah. how i want it done i've not been trained what avid's goals on those things would be so i could do something to my standards right but that doesn't help the program out mm. all but, right well yeah yeah no no we'll, we'll talk 